You're listening to Ira Harmon's Pop Machine on WHPK 88.5 FM in Chicago. Everyone has a community, a neighborhood, school, place of worship, or other chosen groups. Communities can provide support when you need it, including helping your kids avoid underage drinking and other substance use. Learn more at talktheyhearyou.samhsa.gov. What is dementia? Is it the same as Alzheimer's? If someone has memory loss, does that mean they have dementia? Millions of Americans ask these questions every day. Hello, I'm Kevin Jameson, volunteer and president of the Dementia Society of America. Please request our free guide filled with facts about dementia and ways you can keep your brain as healthy as possible. Go to 1-800-Dementia.org or call 1-800-Dementia. You want to live your life to the fullest and we can help. You've stolen my dreams away. All things change, lady. The dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. Dreams are my speciality. Through dreams, I influence mankind. My dream is of eternity with you.
Alicia, I know it's been a minute, but I got to, got to get up in
save a little energy. Uh, just shut up, baby. We get to 
together, hey, right? Yeah. All right, all right. Oh, shucks. I gotta, I gotta make a call, call one of my boys. Can you hold on a second? Oh, sure. I'm right back. Yo. Hey, what's going on? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're on for this thing at 10, right? Maybe 8. Uh, 8. 8 o'clock. 8 a.m. Oh, 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 oh. Yo, 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 oh, shit. I, could you hold on one second? I'll be right back. I'll be right back to you. I'll be right back to you. Oh, Angela. Yes, Angela, yo, check this out. Oh. No, no, don't. No, 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 baby. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait.
WHBK 88.5 Radio Chicago Preguntamos a los mayores cómo se previenen las estafas de Medicare Si recibes una llamada telefónica no hables Esta gente está muy entrenada No te dejes engañar Cuelga el teléfono Simplemente cuélgalo Nunca des tu número de Medicare Quieren tu número para presentar una reclamación fraudulenta Si recibo una llamada y me piden información Cuelgo el teléfono ¿Cómo se detecta el fraude de Medicare? Al igual que reviso el estado de cuenta de mi tarjeta de crédito, reviso el estado de cuenta de mi Medicare cada mes. Los estafadores pueden conseguir tu número, pedir dispositivos médicos con tu cuenta. Y no lo sabrás si no revisas el estado de tu cuenta. Si descubres algo que sabes que no te han hecho, denúncialo. Llama a tu patrulla de Medicare para adultos mayores. Para denunciar el fraude de Medicare, comunícate con la Patrulla de Personas Adultos Mayores de Medicare en el 800-699-9043. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. You hear it every time you finish a meal and never feel anything. But if we were able to associate this sound with a new stimulus, save the food. We've achieved pulling a natural response from you. Save the food. Why are we doing this, you may ask. Save the food. Because this ad is trying to change your after-meal behavior through brainwashing. Because food waste costs the average family $1,500 a year. Save the food. Cha-ching. And $1,500 extra bucks is like getting a pay raise. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Which could pay for your child's braces. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Check out my braces. So when you hear this sound, rethink your behavior. 
Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. This is Abu Bin Bed speaking. Don't get lost on the web while searching for the pop machine. You can listen to the pop machine anytime by typing thepopmachine.net as one word into your favorite browsing device. And you'll find the original pop machine waiting with current and past shows. You will find that the pop machine will get you through times of no radio. Better than radio will get you through times of no pop machine. Think about it. <laughs> Good evening. This is Crime Classics. I am Thomas Highland with another true story of crime. Listen. The sound you hear is that of a swimmer in the Adriatic Sea. Her name is Agrippina, and the stroke she's using, uh, tis one of the day. According to research, a kind of combination overhand side and flutter kick. Agrippina is quite good at it, too, she being the mother of the Emperor of Rome and having the best instructors in all things. For instance... Her swimming instructor told her to roll over on her back and float when she got tired, which she just did. And she was tired all right. She'd been swimming toward shore for the last two hours. Not for laurels, not for prizes, but to save her life. It seems her son had tried to drown her by rigging up a boat whose bottom would fall out, and which did when Agrippina was on it. Sonny's name? Nero. So tonight... My report to you about a mother and son in Rome in the first century A.D., listed in my files as your loving son, Nero. Crime Classics, a new series of true crime stories taken from the records and newspapers of every land from every time. Your host each week, Mr. Thomas Highland, connoisseur of crime, student of violence, and teller of murders. Now once again, Mr. Thomas Highland. Sixty-two A.D. Nero had been on the throne for eight years and had put on 60 pounds. And no wonder. At 25, he had tasted every sweet from Ethiopia to Britannia and had scouts out for whatever he had missed. I'd better tell you some nice things about Nero before we really get into this. First of all, he had a genuine love for Rome and its people. Oftentimes, Nero would release a thousand birds of every kind, some with Roman money attached to them. He also threw to the people pork and mutton saddles, as well as tickets for grain and togas, and choice seats to concerts, at which he sang. This was the Nero that history forgot. Now, let's have a look at the Nero who is remembered. Scene, dressing room in the Roman Colosseum. Principles, Nero and Seneca, his mentor. Hold high the shield for me, Seneca, so that I may look into it. You look like... what? <laughs> Out with it. Out with it, Seneca. Like a beast of the Nubian plains. Which was my design when I put on the skin of a black leopard. I meant sleep. And you meant handsome? 
And dangerous. <laughs> Do I frighten you? Yes. With a coward. Oh, Nero. <laughs> the emperor will have great sport today. The crowd will love this novelty. I am beloved, is that not so? The poets sing of it. But listen now, great Nero. I have a thing to speak of. Uh, hand me that broadsword. Here. <laughs> this sword will be my claws in the arena this day. Uh, beloved Nero. Seneca? This thing I have to speak of. Yes. They say... Who? Those about you of importance. They say you grow overly fond of your mother. As I am her son, why not? That she saps you of your wisdom. That she does undue influence upon you. Agrippina's a loving mother. Just so. Too much so. Her mother love saps you of your vigor. What you say is an impiety, Seneca. Lord Nero, be careful of your sword. What more of my mother and me? I repeat only what they say. <laughs> Come, Seneca, lift me into the cage. Yes. Bend down your back so that I can step on it. Yes. Ah. Be brave now, Seneca. I am in a cage. What else is that your brain as concerns my mother? Kill her. For your sake? Because I love her more than you? For the sake of Rome. Which is me. Of course. Have the slaves wheel me into the arena, Seneca. Yes. happened when Nero was rolled into the arena in a cage dressed in a black leopard skin is a fine clue as to the lad's personality. Also in the arena and tied securely to stakes were slaves. Then the cage was sprung open, Nero leaped out with his broadsword and performed whatever ritual came to mind. Later, when the sands of the arena were swept clean and in some places re-sanded, Nero performed again. This time with stringed lyre in curlets and silken toga. When Nero sweetly strikes his lyre, Apollo strings his bow, and Nero's song is the tongue of fire, while the goddess moon swings low. Oh, Nero is the prince beloved, and Nero is a and so on into the night. He didn't sing well, but he sang loud and long, and he had a special arrangement with the Colosseum guards. Collect the heads of all those who tried to leave while he was singing. It was usually after midnight when Nero finally gave the signal for his audience to go home. Nero was fatigued, and he wanted his mother. History tells us Agrippina had a restorative influence on her son because of the soothing quality of her voice, perhaps of her understanding of the light in her motherly eyes, or just perhaps because of a way she had with rose oil and myrrh. <sighs> Mm. 
Mother. Hush, son. How tired you must be from the day. Let me this soothing of you. Mother. Turn your other shoulder to me, son. So help me, Jupiter, Mother. If you don't let me ask you what is... Yes, what is it? What I did today in the arena with the wearing of the leopard skin. What of it, Mother? Terrifying. Huh? What else? Exciting. Yeah? And what else? Papilla sat beside me. She bit the soft of her hand till blood came in such ecstasy. <laughs> oh, she... Mother, Papilla's always biting the soft of her hand when she sees me. <laughs> She's fond of you. <laughs> Why do you laugh? <laughs> Last night, Papilla painted her face in ochre and went to the oracle. <laughs> She's afraid Acti, the slave girl from Germania, has taken a place in my affection. <laughs> has she? Acti opened her veins this noon because I demanded it, and Papilla doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I know it might have, Mother. Well, not that much. Papilla is waiting for you, isn't she? Oh, of course she is. What does she say of me? We hardly talk, Mother. I sing to her, and then we stare at each other. Ah, oh, thank Jupiter for Eros. But Seneca talks to you, doesn't he? Hand me that garland, Mother. Doesn't he? No, much. Constantly, pratingly, ceaselessly, without end. Of me? Much. Constantly, pratingly, ceaselessly without him. What does he say? He wants me to kill you. I see. He says you love me too much and have undue influence upon me, therefore you should be dead. Nero, my son. Yes, mother. Remember that Claudius died suddenly, and for that reason you are emperor. Remember that Claudius died because I wished it. Somehow there was poison, and somehow Claudius died. And remember, too, that rightfully your stepbrother, Britannica, should sit on the Emperor's throne. And remember... Jupiter, look at the hourglass. The sand's run out. I'm late. Let me kiss you. Ave, mm. mm. mater. The poppy blossom of slender shaft... Of scarlet petal her gaze enthralled. Give thanks to Olympus. Give thanks to the gods that season Nero has to her called. <laughs> Emperor. Wait. I... Uh, I lay on the lotion today after the pool. And I gazed up at the heavens and the thoughts went through me in a rush. Mm, millions of thoughts and... Bad boy. <sighs> after tonight, there's tomorrow. And the being emperor again. And the whisperings and the intrigues. Ah, oh, Papilla, my head swims in thoughts. My poor, 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 poor head. Rested upon me. <sighs> Emperor? Yes? Your mother anointed well. Your curlets smell of the dew. <laughs> she hates you, Papilla. I know. She hates Seneca. Because he is wise. <laughs> Papilla? Does not your garland bind your brow? Here, let me take it off. Oh. Ah, gentle Papilla. Seneca is wise, Nero. Do you want my mother dead, too? Only for your sake. How? It is said that Agrippina is anointing her stepson, Britannicus, lately. And in private calls him 
emperor. Oh, that's a Rubicus. Dwells a witch. Pluto's daughter, Ilgat, is she. Her name is Locusta, 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 horrible witch. From the river of the dead, her poisons be... Oh, sing no more, Nero. <laughs> I love thee too well, Emperor. Papea wasn't the only one who bade him lay down his lyre and steal his song. A man named Petronius did the same thing. He wrote Nero a note and told the emperor that he was the worst singer of all time. Then Petronius, to save a lot of time all the way around, opened his veins. But Papea, being currently Nero's type of love, she got away with it. Also, in Nero's ear, she went on and on about the new Delphic oracle who knew the mystery she said like no other oracle in Rome or in the provinces. A younger man, she told Nero, one with younger ideas, one who could conjure voices, speak to the gods, and recognize ancestors in various animals, and very good with the advice. So Nero kissed her for her concern. <laughs> Retrieved his garland, left her. On the way to the Delphic Oracle, he made a decision. And I'll do it now, as long as I've got my mind made up. And he made a detour. Stopped in to see Locusta on the Iter Rubicus. Then paid a call on his stepbrother, Britannicus. This vase of wine I bring you, brother, from Gaul it is. For the Rhone flows gently and the grapes grow fat. Oh, great stepbrother, whose love is dear to me and who desires nothing but good for me. For these reasons, I give you this wine that you should drink. Uh-huh. Drink it. Like that, boy. Throw back your throat and let the coolness of it... The death of it touch you. And chill you. Come on! Come on! Britannicus has drunk poison and is dead. He hated life and wanted no more of it. called upon the Delphic Oracle. No sooner had the Oracle lighted his pot of fire and said the words, than Nero asked the question. My brother Britannicus is dead. What should be of my mother? Jupiter and those on Olympus are jealous of you, O Caesar Nero. They would smile more brightly upon you if Agrippina were dead and belonged to them. Nero went home to the palace, and the Oracle went into his back room. It is done, Seneca, I have told him. And he will kill his mother? This, I believe. How shrewd is Papia to have sent him to you? This, I believe. On the table is a thousand sesterces, Oracle. I will say words for you into the fire, Seneca. Hail. Hail. Nero went to sleep that night with a new mission in life. He was going to kill his mother.
You are listening to Crime Classics and your host, Thomas Hyland. Don't walk a mile, just sit at your radio for hilarious entertainment Monday nights on CBS Radio's Walk a Mile Quiz. Bill Cullen's in charge of the game with a high-paying jackpot in prizes and pleasure. Later tonight, don't miss Walk a Mile. And say, also later this evening on most of these same stations, listen for Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts with Arthur himself back in the saddle again. And now, once again, Thomas Highland and the second act of Crime Classics and his report to you on Your Loving Son, Nero. about Rome in the year 62 A.D. Rome was in her glory. Her subject people stretched from Asia Minor to Britain, and they paid their taxes on time. A city of slaves and temples and chariot races and visitors from Greece and freedmen from the provinces and spices and oils and unguents. And here and there on the streets, an old Etruscan. The Colosseum was the center of attraction. Here, man fought man, beast fought beast. And on holidays, they switched. Nero was emperor, and you already know how Nero loved to set an example. Agrippina was his mother, and some background on her. Out of a maternal concern for her son, she poisoned a lot of people, most prominent of whom, her third husband, the emperor Claudius. Pliny the Elder, in his letters, mentions her as the vilest of women, and I just quoted. Uh, but Pliny was called in the journals of Tacitus as a sour man, and I just quote it again. Anyhow, her son Nero woke up one morning determined to murder her. So he sent for Locusta of the Iterubicus. Get off the floor, witch, and come close. Uh, you brought poisons. Uh, vile stuff. Uh, what's this one for? <laughs> Nephews. Hmm. Uh, and this? Daughters. And this? Mothers. Mothers? Oh, tell me of it. It is powdered stuff of a thing I know, plucked from a swamp I know, when one night the moon of fertility rode. <laughs> In the eighth month of Octavian, when there was harvest, <laughs> it kills mothers quickly, instantly. Uh, without pain. I, I would not like my mother to suffer. Like that. Oh. <laughs> How is it used? Yes, a drop in a sweet meat <laughs> or whatever. I'll have it. Uh, oh, Seneca! Uh, pay her, Seneca. A thousand sesterces. Seneca, have the wall splashed with sweet-smelling oil to take this reek out. Go, go. And so, Mother, is a small gift of the day in honor of Persephone, sweetmeats from Thebes. Plump dates rolled in cinnamon, stiffened honey from Alexandria, wild berries from the south slope of Lebanon drowned in sweet essences. <laughs> Which is your favorite, son? Uh, this one, this one. Put it to my lips. First. Yes? I would kiss you, Mother. Persephone's day is a favorite of mine. You'll make it happier. <laughs> Bend to me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
Oh. <laughs> now here is your walnut sweet. Mm. It's very good. Excellent. Mm. May I have another? Of course, of course. Here's a choice one. It's bigger. Mm. Ambrosia. The gods should know of it. And may I have some of that? What is it? Oh, morsel from the Hebrews. A cluster of almonds chopped with apples and dipped in wine. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Uh, 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 Mother. Mm. What? How do you feel? Blessed by Jupiter who's given me such a fond son. Son. Yes, Mother. Eat of your gift. Here, I will place a sweetmeat to your lips. No, stop. Stop it. Do you ail? Stop it. Stop it, stop it. You ail. Let me hold you, son. Sweet son. Emperor's son. I have here a translation from a Latin historian named Suetonius. In essence, here's what the gentleman has to say. Thrice, Nero tried to poison his mother with sweetmeats and other devices, but each time, warned of his plan, she suffered herself to swallow antidotes beforehand. Nero then planned another method for his mother's destruction. He tampered with the ceiling of her bedroom, contriving a mechanical device for loosening its panels and dropping them upon her while she slept. But... This leaked out through some of those connected with the plot, so that Agrippina was warned and slept elsewhere. Imagine Nero's chagrin and fury and petulance. So his mentor, Seneca, came up with a thought. Now, now, the first thing you've got to do is control yourself. Throw that last Grecian urn and get it out of your system. Oh, I'm glad you did. It was a hideous bit of pottery anyway. Now the thought. Write your mother a letter. To say what? Well, you wrote Petronius a letter telling him it would be best for himself and the state to open his veins, did you not? Yes. And he did it. As did Fluvius when you wrote him a letter. And Casper. And, and Marius and his three sons and that uh, senator. Lucius. Loud from his mouth of taxes and excesses. And others. Write her. And you will tell me what to say? As before, with the others. Let us do it. And since, Mother, it appears you are trying to have me slain, for the good of all of us and of the state, I, Nero, Emperor, and faithful... You're going too fast. Where are you? Uh, I, Nero. Emperor and faithful son do request your death. This gift I enclose, small knife of gold, for slitting. And sign it, your loving son, Nero. Now put your seal to it, and I'll have a slave take it over right away. The slave has just now brought me your letter, which needs prompt reply. I will not kill myself, Ave.
Mother! Uh, mother! Ah! Oh, Mother. What is it? Did you enjoy the banquet? You sang beautifully. That is not what I mean, Mother. What then? No one fell dead at the banquet, Mother. Neither your taste nor mine. I don't want to think about it. I know that. That's why I've arranged this voyage for you. And when you return from Thessaly, you will bring back forgiveness in your heart for me. Son. Yes. Do you still want your mother dead? No. Swear it? By the gods of Olympus. Then my voyage will be joyful. With a new and fleet ship to take you to Golden Sands and return refreshed. I love you well, Nero. You are my love, mother. Ave. Ave. Sail home to me soon. If this tender scene of Ave's and loving kindnesses perplexes you, well, it really shouldn't. Nero was still up to no good. In spite of the sumptuous banquet he had arranged for his mother out of the clear blue sky, and in spite of the trip he had arranged for her to Golden Sands and return by way of a peace offering, Nero still had murder on his mind. This ship he had built for his mother, you know who built it? Anisetus. And who is Anisetus? Any of your better histories on triremes and other Roman naval craft will devote at least a few paragraphs to Anisetus. He was forever trying things against the laws of navigation. For instance, this ship that would take Agrippina to Thessaly, he designed it so its bottom would fall out five miles at sea. And did it? Well, let's pick up the ship just before it was five miles out on the Adriatic. Quiet ocean. Azure skies. As fine a two decks of slaves chained to the oars as you'll ever find. And Agrippina having grapes at the captain's table. You men of the sea, Captain. All my life, the great wonder I've had about... What's that? Captain! Well, everybody drowned except Agrippina. Not that she was the greatest swimmer in the world, as she only knew one stroke, but she had sense enough to roll over on her back and float when she got tired. So she got to shore. She made known who she was, which got her a fresh toga and transportation back to the palace. Nero was waiting for her. Mother. 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 Oh, mother! Slaves! Strangle her! And they did, with a silken scarf. It is interesting to note that the word mater in Latin means mother. From mater, we get the word matricide. In just a moment, Thomas Highland will tell you about next week's crime classics. 
Your Loving Son Nero, tonight's crime classic, was adapted from the original court reports and newspaper accounts by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. The music was composed and conducted by Bernard Herman, and the program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. Thomas Highland is portrayed on radio by Lou Merrill. In tonight's story, William Conrad was heard as Nero, and Betty Lou Gerson as Agrippina. Featured in the cast were Sammy Hill, Edgar Barrier, High Averback, and Martha Wentworth. And here again is Thomas Highland. Next week, Troy, New York, in the year 1845. And my report on the funniest woman in town. She really made the town folk laugh. It's listed in my file as The Torment of Henrietta Robinson and Why She Killed. Thank you. Good night. If you went away from home for ten years and returned, what would you expect to find? The answer may unfold for you later tonight when Claire Trevor stars in One Last September. A touching, enchanting, dramatic story on the Lux Summer Theater. Don't miss it later tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations. Stay tuned now for Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. America's 45 million radio families listen most to the CBS Radio Network. Race. All right. Topic is race in America. Now, race. Race is touchy. I'm so uptight about being called a racist that I refuse to separate the whites from the colors in my wash. So let's proceed with caution. Everybody stay frosty. Before we get started, I'd like to reacquaint our contestants with some of the basic rules of the game. Let's call it the National Race Aptitude Test. Ready? Question one of all the ethnic groups in America. Which one did not come here voluntarily? Answer, African Americans. Question two. All ethnic groups have gone through a period of social rejection, but which one recorded a lynching as recently as 1991? Uh, That would be your African Americans again. And last question. On a national level, blacks obtained the right to vote way back when? 1965. That's right, folks. A mere 30 years ago, we were South Africa without the diamond mines. And that is the end of the test. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but let's face it. Racism in America has grown faster than the lint ball in Chris Farley's navel. Now, personally, I am baffled by the concept of racial prejudice. Why hate someone based on the color of their skin when... If you take the time to really get to know them as a human being, you can find so many other things to hate them for. I mean, come on. Jerks are everywhere. All colors, all races, all religions, too. Just look around you. Take a moment to notice. Guarantee you'll see more assholes than a Turkish customs agent. Of course, it's reasonably ironic getting all self-righteous about racial and socioeconomic segregation In Los Angeles, where I live, (laughs) the inequity in this town makes Charles Dickens' London look like a kibbutz. But you know, L.A. is just a microcosm. It's everywhere. The reasons? Well, probably the main one is that people are increasingly overworked, underpaid, unhappy, disappointed, and confused. And when people feel they're being fucked around in life, 
they look for someone or some group to blame it on. And you know, the more America's multicolored tectonic plates adjust to relieve their strain, the wider the surface cracks become. Fear and insecurity touch many nutcakes across this great land of ours. Up in our ivory towers, white professors whose closest contact with real black people is James Earl Jones' voiceover on CNN are busy composing master treatises on the genetic deficiencies of blacks. Meanwhile, down the hall in the Afrocentric wing, a learned Ph.D. in mathematics is insisting that X equals Malcolm. And down at street level, we've got an eclectic little menu of cross-burnings, drive-bys, quotas, and people crying racism in lieu of woof. Welcome to 1995. Can I take your code for you? So what's the solution? Maybe a nice first step in the healing process would be to take stock of where we currently stand. I believe the different races in this country are making progress. Slow progress, yes, but real progress. Nonetheless, we should probably all take time off from our incessant self-flagellation, count all the ingredients we have for a massive full-blown racial Donnybrook, and marvel at how wonderfully we, in fact, do get along. Maybe we could also get a little less whiny about the slings and arrows of people whom we should not give one-tenth of one shit about. Why should I or you or anybody give somebody else, somebody who doesn't even know us as a person, the power over whether we feel good about ourselves or not? To those who would try to diminish us or anybody else based on melanin content, I say this, my self-opinion is decided by fiat not consensus. And I'm sorry, my friend, but the polls are closed and I'm afraid that you are no longer eligible to vote. Also, it's nice we all came from somewhere, but we are here now and it's time to be proud of America. We're living in a melting pot, so melt for Christ's sake. Hey, I'm not a Pollyanna about the way the world works. Not all the turtles are going to make it to the ocean. That's not negativism, that's pragmatism. But if you do find yourself on your back around four feet away from the water with some six-year-old kid from Redondo shoving an M80 up your turtle ass, don't blame another group of people for your shitty life. Get your life together and fight to reach the goddamn breakers. Listen, I'm talking to every honest, sane, good-hearted person out there, whether they're black, white, brown, yellow, red, green. Okay, if you're green, go back where you came from, all right? That's where I draw the line. But the point is, the point is, why in the hell are we letting the clown acts run the fucking circus in this country? Hate is an excuse. Somehow, some way, we've got to find the courage to love the hate-filled extremists on both sides, to connect with them to disperse the rage, to tell them that it's time to come in from the embittered cold and join in our rainbow-hued twister game. Because the main thing I want you to remember is this. If you think racism goes away when we're all one big happy color with all the infidels we did out, well, I got news for you. You're missing it big time. Don't you see? First you kill off all the other races. Then you start killing off all the other religions. Then you start killing off the left-handed people. Then you start killing off each other over the length of your crew cuts. And then finally, finally, there's only one guy left. And no doubt that crazy motherfucker will attack the mirror. Of course, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Who says radio can't be fun? Ira Harmon's pop machine. It's mentally nutritious. World's gone crazy. The world's real crazy. You know why the world's crazy? Because I'm scared. I'm more scared of white kids than black kids. I got you on the elevator this morning. Two high school white boys tried to get on. I dived off. 
You ain't gonna kill me. <laughs> this is crazy. I ain't going no white boys school. Chris, come talk to the kids. The kids. You ain't gonna kill me. Damn trench coat mafia. What was on name mine? The trench coat mafia. They upset because people picked on them. They didn't have any friends. We were the outcasts. It was six of them. I didn't have six friends in high school. I don't got six friends now. And everybody's like, what were they listening to? What were they listening to? Who cares what they listening to? Wait, what was Hitler listening to, okay? What was in his CD case? And everybody, everybody's like, what were they listening to? Is it the movies? Is it the, is it the records? Is it the movies, the records? Why can't they just be crazy? When I was a kid, you know, people was just crazy. And we separated the crazy kids from everybody else. Crazy kids had a little-ass school bus. Had that class down by the boiler room. They got out of school at 2.30, not 3 o'clock, just in case they wanted to kill somebody. And get it out your system right now. That's right, man. It's all good for Clinton. No matter what happened, every time something bad happened, it seemed bad, but it's good for Clinton. Get people off his ass. Ooh, kids got killed. Good, 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 good. Ooh, tornadoes. Good, 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 good. Just off my ass. And Clinton damn near got impeached for what? For what? He lied about a blowjob so his wife wouldn't find out. Is that a crime? Is that against the law? Do you need the Supreme Court for that? You could have took that one to the People's Court. <laughs> lied about sex shit. Everybody lies about sex. People lie while they having sex. Ooh, this good. This the best. Women love to lie after sex. I like to tell you, you know, I could barely walk. <laughs> then they give you this little fake walk while they're in front of you. And as soon as they get out of their sight, they jog to some real dick. Hey! <laughs> they all up in Clinton. For what? What Clinton do that was so bad? What he do that was so bad, man? Gave us some gifts? So what? That's his friend. Gave his friend a gift. So what? Try to get a, try to get a job? Is that against the law for his friend? For a, to get your friend a job? What the, she blew him for several months. The least he can do is give her a recommendation. <laughs> what the hell? See, people expect this holier than thou than thou behavior from the president. Cause he's the president, he's just a man. President Clinton, it ain't Pastor Clinton, ain't Reverend Clinton, ain't the Honorable Bill Clinton. It is just President Clinton and he's just a man and a man's gonna be a man, okay? A man is basically as faithful as his options, okay? That's how faithful a man is. As faithful as his option. I see these old Republican guys, I would never do such a thing. This is a disgrace. I'm like, nobody's trying to blow you. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to blow Orrin Hatch, no. 
Sure, and man is as faithful as his options. See, it's almost impossible for a man to turn down sex. Women don't want to hear it, but it's impossible. He can stop chasing sex. Now, when, he get, when a man settled down, he stops chasing. But when his shit drop in his lap, he's all over. There ain't a damn thing he can do. He's out of his control. You're damn right. It's impossible for a man to turn down sex. It's easy for a woman to turn down sex. And women are like, I turn it down all the time. Why can't you? Easy for a woman to turn down sex. You know why? Because ever since y'all was 13, every guy you met been trying to fuck you. The whole concept is boring at this point. Every day women are offered dick. Every day, every single day. Every time a guy's being nice to you, he's just offering dick. That's all it is. Uh, can I get that for you? How about some dick? You need a drink? How about some dick? Nobody offers us shit. We got to fend for ourselves. And some of this is Hillary's fault. A lot of this scandal is Hillary Clinton's fault. Everybody's like, oh, Hillary's a hero. No, Aquaman's a hero, okay? <laughs> Hillary ain't no hero. It is her fault. Because ladies, you know your man. You know your man better than he know himself. That's right. You know what kind of man you got? You know if you got the crazy need a blowjob all the time, man? That's right. You know what happens when he don't get his medicine? What he's capable of doing? Hillary Clinton put us all in danger. Put the whole damn country in jeopardy. And she needs to pay the price for her actions. She's the first lady in the United States. She's supposed to be the first one on her knees to suck his dick. Monica shouldn't even have stood a chance. Henry already did. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You can grab a ball if you want, but I got the dick. What else did they try to get Clinton on, man? Gays in the military. Gays in the military. Everybody gets all homophobic. Ooh, don't let them in. Don't let them in. Hey, if they want to fight, let them fight. Because I ain't fighting. I'm going to give a If I saw a Russian tank rolling down Flatbush Avenue, I ain't killing nobody. So call me a faggot. I'll be a faggot with two legs walking like this. Hey, what's up? Everybody gets all homophobic. You need to cut that out because everybody in this room got at least a gay cousin. Every last one of you got a gay cousin. You knew he was gay when y'all was kids. You was playing football. He was jumping rope. He ain't turned gay. He was gay then. He just ain't had nobody to be gay with. I got a gay uncle. Call him Aunt Tom. A lot of gay issues in the news. What's the big gay issues? Uh, can't fight in the military and against the law for gays to get married. I'm like, damn, who got it better than that? And now, Chris Rock interviews Monica Lewinsky.
even the sun goes down Heroes eventually die Horoscopes often lie And sometimes why? Nothing is for show, nothing is for certain Nothing lasts forever but until they close the curtain Another chapter live from Home of the Brave with dirty dollars, beauty parlors, baby ballers, bowling ball and parlors, street scholars, majoring in culinary arts. You know how to work bread, cheese, and dough from scratch. But see the catches, you can't get caught. Know what you're selling, what you're about, so cut that big talk. Let's walk to the bridge, meet me halfway. Now you may see some chilling dead off in the pathway. Just them poor babies walking slowly to the candy lady. It's looking bad, need some hope, like the words maybe. If, or probably, more than a hobby, when my turntables get wobbly, they don't fall. I'm sorry, y'all, I often drift. I'm talking gifts, so when it comes, you never look the horse inside his grill. Of course, you know I feel like the barrel of bad news. Don't want to be it, but it's needed, so what have you? Now, question, is every nigga with dreads for the cause? Is every nigga with goals for the fall? No, so don't get caught up in appearance. It's outcast equipment, another black experience. Nothing is for sure, nothing is for certain, nothing lasts forever but until they close the curtain. It's him and I, Aquemini. The name is Big Boy, Daddy Fat Sacks, the nigga that like them Cadillacs. I stay down with these streets, cause these streets is where my folks at. Better know that, some say we pro-black, but we professional. Missed a lot of church, so the music is our confession. Get off the testicles and the nut sacks. You bust round, we bust back. Get get back. The real niggas that's out here trying to spit facts. You hear that, you can't come near that. Maybe you need to quit, quit. Cause equipment eyes are queries and a Gemini running shit like this. My mind warps and bends, floats the wind. Count to ten, meet the twin. Andre Ben, welcome to the lion's den. A red gen, no skin, many men comprehend. I extend myself, so you go out and tell a friend. Sin all depends on what you believe in. Faith is what you make it, that's the hardest shit since MC Ren. Alien can blend right on in with your kin Look again, cause I swear I spot one every now and then It's happening again, wish I could tell you when Andre, this is Andre, y'all is just gonna have to make amends Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die 
horoscopes often lie and sometimes why nothing is for sure nothing is for certain and none lasts forever but until they close the curve it's him and i You've been listening to Ira Harmon's Pop Machine. I'm Ira Harmon, and this is the Pop Machine, the media encyclopedia of fighting cognitive decline one show at a time in the interest of bullshit detection and truth protection on air, online, on social media, and here every Monday on WHPK 88.5 FM radio, the pride of the South Side. Tune in and enjoy music. Comedy, talk, and old-time radio and more. Visit thepopmachine.net for even more content. Until then, Scotty, wanna beam up. (laughs) 